law enforcement personnel, they help everybody, but they don't want to ask for help themselves. Welcome to this month's edition of the FBI National Academy Associates Leadership APB podcast series. My name is John Kennedy, and I'll be your moderator today. Thank you for joining us. Today's discussion is a spotlight on the FBI NAA Charitable Foundation. We have with us today Doug Muldoon, the FBI NAA Charitable Foundation Chairman, and who many of you know is a past president of FBI National Academy Associates and the FBI NAA Florida Chapter, and a proud graduate of Session 153 of the FBI National Academy. Doug is also the Director of Law Enforcement Relations for ECOATM. Joining Doug this morning is John Ladley Shore, the FBI NAA Charitable Foundation Section 4 Director and also a proud graduate of Session 241 of the National Academy. We also have Jean Pittman, a recent recipient of the great work of the Charitable Foundation. Jean is a graduate of Session 263 of the FBI National Academy. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, John. Thank you for having us. Thank you, John. Glad to be here. Doug, let's start with you. Can you give our audience an overview of the FBI NAA Charitable Foundation and its mission? Certainly. Uh, first of all, it's an honor to represent the Charitable Foundation. The foundation was created after a really bad disaster in the United States, and that was Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina, as most of you are aware, devastated the uh, states along the Gulf Coast. And after that the disaster, many chapters came to the aid of our fellow FBI NA members. And uh, in that case, they actually collected thousands of dollars, around 50000 is my understanding. And they were hand-delivered by several individuals to our members, uh, providing them $1,000 each in cash. And when that was all said and done, the FBI NAA was basically reviewing everything they've done, and they were informed that uh, we're kind of in violation of our own 501c3 program as we're listed as a training organization. So the FBI NA executive board back then started the process with the executive director to come forward and create a charitable foundation where we could assist members in the future should the need arise. So 2010, the foundation was finally established and it had three main goals. One was as a charitable foundation, there was an educational function, which deals with scholarships, which you'll hear more about shortly. And then there was another part of the triangle, if you will, which covered the scientific and innovations in law enforcement. So it really captured three different aspects of the goals for the FBI NAA Charitable Foundation. And basically, uh, since then, the foundation has grown. It started as a 15-person board. And it has some funding that was originally, if you will, uh, invested from the national board. And as the foundation became its own entity and moved forward, they were tasked basically to help find ways to fund it so we could help our members. That kind of gives you a little thumbnail view of the beginnings of the charitable foundation at that point. So you mentioned those three main principles of the foundation is based on. How does the foundation use those three pillars to support FBI NA members and their families? 
Well, uh, and that's a great question, John. And that, that's probably been the, one of the biggest uh, challenges that the foundation had is getting that information out about what we do and how we can assist. The current board over the last several years has really worked hard to talk about the charitable side, which covers things such as emergency disaster assistance, could be a loss of a loved one through an accident, many different ways. But uh, the idea was to come to the aid of those members and assist them when they ha have some financial needs, if you will. The other area was our educational part, and it dealt with college scholarships for that first year of college to help our members' children have that first step into college. And then the last one that I discussed was scientific and innovation, which was something that basically was back burner for the last several, uh, or actually since our inception. And it was just several years ago, uh, our co-chair, Steve Cox, kind of headed up a committee to get that off the ground. And it was to help recognize and encourage innovations in law enforcement uh, using either scientific means. And uh, we've, I believe that to date, we've done three of those and recognize those individuals or departments at our annual conferences. So if you can go back to our charitable side, which is the one that we do the most in helping our members, it really has been a big push for us to educate our members on how to request help. Originally it was if you needed assistance, you were to reach out to us. And as we all know, law enforcement personnel are probably the ones they help everybody, but they don't want to ask for help themselves. Over the last probably six, seven, eight, nine years, we've actually got to the point where we encourage members when they identify somebody in need to let us know. And in doing that, we, uh, we donate $2,000 to those individuals to uh, provide them assistance. And we don't publicize names. We don't report on who it was. Uh, but we've had more and more individuals step up and talk about those instances where they've received support. And I think, if you don't mind, I'd like to introduce uh, Gene Pittman, who's on today. And he's one of those individuals that had some assistance, and he's offered to share that experience. Uh, thank you, Doug. Good afternoon, everyone. So uh, for those who may or may not know, almost a year ago, August of 2020, uh, I live in Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, which is in the southwest portion of Louisiana. Uh, we actually border uh, Texas on I-10. So we were struck by uh, Hurricane Laura, which was, to our knowledge, uh, if not the worst hurricane to ever strike Louisiana, one of the top two 160-mile-an-hour-plus uh, winds. It basically has devastated our entire area. And oh, by the way, shortly there, a month after, our Hurricane Delta comes, uh, which was not a significant event, but, but kind of was a one-two punch for us. And we've had some other significant weather events uh, in the past year as well. So, you know, as, as Doug said, we all, most NA grads are uh, in a particular, are in positions of leadership. Most of us in a high position of leadership. Uh, and again, to echo what Doug said, we're used to taking care of people and people not taking care of us. And we're used to doing for others. And so uh, we rarely, if ever, ask for assistance. So in the beginning days of the storm, you know, I don't know how many of you have been part of a natural disaster before to the magnitude that I'm speaking of here. Uh, but I spent probably almost a month and, and really didn't go home. Then my home, we basically had to, what well, we did, we had to gut my home. Uh, all the way down to the studs. We had roof leaks. Again, for those of you who do may or may not know and have ever dealt with insurance companies, some are, some are better than others. Uh, and in the beginning days, following a storm, there's some pretty dark hours and pretty dark times. 
Uh, and while again, most of us are of means because of our positions in our department, in the, in the early moments in time, we have a lot of needs. Uh, you know, my wife was, she too, is, she's actually a re uh, retired from the FBI uh, after 31 years and had just started with me here at the Sheriff's Office. Uh, but she was a non-essential personnel and she was home alone basically with friends and family members and volunteers, quite honestly, that came and helped. And basically she, with the assistance of others, uh, gutted the entire house. It was a very stressful time, a very stressful situation. So the, the local uh, FBI NA alumni chapter here, of which I am a part of, uh, and have a personal relationship with some of the guys there, uh, and particularly Larry Dice, uh, he and Felix Lorcano reached out to me uh, and, and told me about the charitable foundation and what they do. And, it, and to be honest, initially my, my answer was no. We have a very large number of FBINA grads here in my department. I would venture to guess that here working right now, we have at least 10 uh, NA grads. We've been very active with the program. So again, kind of like Doug said, I, I'm, I don't even know if embarrassment was it. Uh, and again, you don't really want people to know that you're taking money, uh, but, but Larry convinced me to do so, and I, and I was very glad that I did. It, it helped us out. Uh, you know, we needed things like, you know, we needed to buy fuel, we needed to buy a generator. There's a lot of things that we needed to do to be able to sustain ourselves uh, in the early days and months uh, after the storm. Uh, that insurance money uh, had not yet paid for. So, uh, you know, really my message today, again, echoing Doug, is hey, we're all human. We all, at sometimes, at some point in time, uh, need a hand up and a leg up. And uh, I think pretty much the, the fact that we have spent our entire lives and our entire careers doing for others, I think that whether we realize it or not or admit it or not, uh, every now and then I think we're owed a little bit back. So I would say and encourage everybody out there that uh, is a victim of a natural disaster or has had a, a loss in the family, uh, by all means, please reach out. Again, I, I will echo what Doug said about personal relationships and uh, FBI and alumni knowing those within their region. It's only because I had the personal relationship with the leadership at the alumni chapter, uh, one, that they were even aware of this, my circumstances, and two, that I even trusted uh, them in the process, uh, and, and they convinced me to, to accept the assistance. Gene, I'd just like to say thank you uh, for uh, speaking today. I know it's always tough, but uh, the testimonial that you provide helps others realize that, uh, hey, it's not it's not that bad when you need help. And uh, that's the biggest message. We always want to make sure people understand that, uh, that this foundation was created for one reason, and that's to help our members. And uh, as an example, to date, since this foundation was started, we've assisted over 105 members and provided over $200,000 in assistance. So as we continue to educate others and explain what we can do and help people, the word gets out and you know it's, it's nice to know that we can do it. One of the things I'd like to share, uh, John, is that the foundation, which I'm so proud of the uh, men and women that are, are part of this board, but they, they've actually got to the point now where electronically when we get a request, anybody on the board gets a request for help, we can email those board members. And I think with the exception of one, within an hour, we've gotten approval to, uh, to basically provide assistance. And then that treasurer, John Moran, will get a, a check out to 
somebody locally to present that to our members. So uh, I think that's a great step that we can be that efficient and get that help quickly to the members too. And follow up to that question, I, I know that the hesitation of our members to request for help is one of the biggest challenges. Are there any other challenges and issues that the foundation is encountering now? I, I would say uh, it's still an educational process that's ongoing. Uh, I think we've done a, a very good job trying to get the word out and to the point now where chapter officers and quite honestly, the FBI and A executive board, they participate in our calls and the word is rolling out sooner and faster about what we do to the point, and it was highlighted just recently in the uh, FBI and A Zenith slash chapter officers meeting that was just held earlier this year. Joe Stiles from West Virginia was the uh, individual who basically took it on and got all the uh, chapters in section four to participate in a fundraiser. And uh, along with Greg Guyton, who also did a raffle for the foundation. And those efforts, along with everybody that chipped in and, and participated and helped uh, buy items, uh, raised close to $5,000 for the foundation in that one effort. And you, you see that more and more. Chapters are stepping up and basically pledging annual endowments to the foundation and making fundraisers occur at their events and uh, we can't thank those individuals enough because, again, that money goes right back to our members. We don't have a paid staff, so it's not like it's somebody going to get paid through that money. And I think that makes the biggest impact that we pay it forward. Hey, John, if I may, it's Gene again. Yes, sir. Uh, just to follow up to that, I, I will tell you that, that knowing that our chapter here in Louisiana uh, have participated uh, in fundraising and, and, again, as Doug said, makes an annual endowment to uh, the foundation. Uh, that did make me feel a lot better about uh, accepting assistance, the fact that our local chapter had an active role in, in, uh, in, in funding the, the foundation. Well, the foundation's doing an awful lot of good work, especially with volunteers, and you all have a lot on your plate now, uh, and you're continuing to grow at a, a great rate. But what are some of the most important short-term goals of the foundation? Um, Short-term goals, uh, we started an ambassador program probably just about two years ago. And basically the idea behind this was to get others to speak and help support the foundation throughout our, all our chapters, domestically and internationally. And with that, since we have a 15 board member limit right now on the ex uh, executive board for the foundation, this gives others an opportunity to kind of get involved see what's going on and, and basically go out and uh, kind of move the needle, if you will, uh, for us in the chapters. And currently we have five individuals who are doing that around the country and they've, they've done a very good job just getting the word out constantly and creating the atmosphere to help raise funds for the foundation. And I think that's probably our biggest thing right now is getting those individuals that are there and want to help. Um, it's not one of these things where we want every chapter to say, you know, give us somebody because you got to buy into it. It's something you have to have an interest to get involved with. And if there is somebody that has an interest, they can contact any board member and we'll certainly get them active with us. Uh, John Layla Shore, maybe you could add to that. Yeah, Doug, thank you. So again, um, having 
the directors in place so each section of the country just like the the n a s sections the foundation falls the same section pattern and one of the things we do is we don't wait for members to come and ask us for assistance either and the director's jobs are just to do that we watch the local news we know what's going on in our areas i may not know what's going on in new mexico but i certainly know what's going on in massachusetts new jersey or any of the chapters in my area and i'll and i'll reach out to find out if that member needs any assistance and, and come forward to the board so that takes a little bit of that stigma out of it too if people are don't have to actually come and ask for help. We'll actually go to them and offer help. And we also try to interact more with our local chapters. The New England chapters have to be uh, a retrainer at the end of June. And they've already said that they're going to have a silent auction and all of the proceeds from the silent auction are going to be donated to the foundation because of the work the foundation does for our members. And that's extremely important. Now guys, as the foundation leadership, and you're looking into your crystal ball, what are some of the most important long-term goals and visions for the foundation? So I'm gonna jump on that because I've, I said it about a year or two ago. My vision is to be able to have a million dollars in the coffers for the foundation to make it sustainable long-term and kind of get that money to a comfortable point to help our members. We've created numerous ways to do some fundraising Thanks to the innovations of a lot of our members, they came up with some great ideas. One of the ones that I'm sure all our members have seen time and time again is advertising our angel campaign for a $250 annual donation. We recognize those individuals. We've created an annual challenge coin with the year on it, and we will certainly be recognizing those individuals annually. Uh, the virtual yellow brick run was started several years ago and it kind of went dormant. And thanks to the uh, staff at the FBINA office, that was reinvigorated about three years ago. And uh, we're on our third year now. And we've basically, it's a $50 donation to join that. And there's some costs that are covered through that, but uh, it's, it's another way to get people involved. We've had fundraisers. One of our board members, his name is Ed Fuller, retired as the president of Marriott International and has been on the foundation board for many years. And he's been generous enough to donate the trips that we do annually for trips to Hawaii. And uh, there are a few other destinations at one point. So that's been an annual donation he's been doing. Uh, we have another one for uh, St. Michael Project, which uh, Chuck Hover, who retired from the FBI, is uh, also a executive with 511 and they've spearheaded that project that brings in donations every year through many may remember the kilts that were fundraisers and now they do a St. Michael t-shirt that uh, is a big thing that's sold in our store. So we, we have different uh, avenues that we can do. Uh, we have a new board member, Robert Rose, who is uh, out of Florida, is a business executive, owns his own business and uh, those business individuals actually bring a different twist that and can think and do things that we can't from law enforcement side. So um, long term is to hopefully get a few more business people involved in the foundation. Uh, John, can you think of some other angles? Well, one of the things that I chair is the, the uh, college scholarship funds, and we, we give out 18 $1,000 scholarships every year, 16 to NA uh, members, and then two to former FBI 
uh, agents, uh, family members. So we'd, we'd like to try to find a funding source for that also. Since the inception, we've given out $106,000 in college scholarships. But now in having some of those conversations, we're thinking, well, it's $1,000 enough with what college costs are, are so outrageous. So we are going back and forth with the idea, do we increase the amount of scholarships or do we increase the dollar amount of the scholarships? But again, to do that, we have to come up with some funding sources, and, and we're always looking at ways to um, give back more to our members, whether it's an increase in the scholarship itself or increasing the number of scholarships. So that's something we're certainly looking for in the future. We also, uh, I mentioned briefly, but the chapter donations have been uh, very significant in the last couple of years and has made a big difference too to uh, help the funding continue. Any, anything that uh, someone can come up with, uh, even estate donations, uh, that's another item that's come up several times and uh, people are starting to think about the foundation in their wills. So, and probably one of the last things that we've had from a business perspective is uh, started probably three years ago called our 50K Challenge. And basically it was a challenge coin that was uh, designed and uh, using symbol arts, they've been very helpful to make the coins and businesses can co-brand it with our foundation on there. And it's a thank you coin of sorts where they can hand it out to a, a law enforcement officer, first responder, basically a way of saying thanks. We appreciate what you do. Uh, again, it's a foundation co-branded with a business. And uh, as John mentioned too, the sponsorships of scholarships uh, we've done many recently of named scholarships. So all those things, again, pay it forward to our members. Excellent work, gentlemen. Uh, one final question for you. You mentioned all the support from the chapters and our various partners, but how can the individual member do more to support the foundation? Any member can, can make a donation anytime. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's $100, $1,000, uh, you know, there's always a, a way to donate to the foundation. Again, helping uh, your brothers and sisters in need is the way we look at it. it. You know, what it doesn't have to be the angel campaign, which we all do. I think every member of the foundation is a sustaining member, uh, and we push, you know, with the different sections and the different uh, chapters to donate. But each individual member of the NA, I mean, we've all talked about the experience we had in Quantico, and, and uh, I, I was with one of my classmates last night at a retreat in, in Massachusetts and talked about that and, and keeping your dues up, keeping as an active member. And, and anytime you want to donate, you know, buy the raffle ticket to Hawaii, uh, buy, buy anything that, you know, comes up with uh, the foundation just to put back the money for us. It comes back to the members. I would also uh, add that get friends to buy the raffle tickets. It's not just for our members, but others may want to partake and uh, support. And probably one of the other things um, that individuals can do is we are always looking for other partners, uh, business partners, people who would support us. We know some of our members have contacts that they may be a musician or some big name individual that maybe they could talk to to do a fundraiser for us. So uh, anything that's out there that we can uh, basically connect with is great. And it just, again, it goes right back into our members for assistance purposes. And that's the biggest goal that we can think of. Doug, John, and Gene, it's been a pleasure to be able to talk to you today. Again, thank you for taking the time to tell our members about the great work of the FBI NAA Charitable Foundation. And for our listeners, 
Don't forget, you still have time to sign up for the 2021 Virtual Yellow Brick Run. This concludes our broadcast. We hope that you'll be able to join us again for the next edition of the Leadership APB podcast series. Please stay safe and well. Goodbye for now.